Hey, welcome to Flipping the Field, the college football podcast about all of college football. I'm your host, Patrick Mayhorn. I'm joined by my co-host, Ryan Donnelly, who has made a lot of friends online this week with his, I think, very, like, <laughs> kind of standard, somewhat even generous Texas Tech opinions. Ryan, you, you, you made, uh, you, you brought a lot of people in with, uh, with saying that you think Texas Tech is doing a fairly good job in recruiting. They hated that. Yeah, the Teletubby recruiting reporter uh, decided to jump in and quote tweet me and by tagging their NIL collective guys and then retweeted it. And yeah, it's been an annoying couple of days online. I got to be honest. Yeah, uh, I am. It appears that the whole thing that started is the reason that they were dunking on me is about half of them appeared to think I was a Baylor fan. Yeah. And about the other because I was just saying Baylor is a better program than Texas Tech, which I didn't know anyone didn't think. Seems to uh, be pretty standard stuff. <laughs> Yeah, and then about half of them uh, thought I was mad about Kelvin Simpson Hunt not picking Ohio State, uh, which it also appears, by the way, he is still going to pick Ohio State. Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, uh let's see, it's June twenty eighth. Let's uh, maybe not run up the score on that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I will have some tweets to respond to in the next couple of weeks. I think yeah. I will be. People think I'm the kind of guy who just let sleeping dogs lie. It's not gonna. People don't actually think that. No one that knows no. me thinks that, but. It's not true. I, I, I'm not. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. I'll go back and argue with all 71 Texas Tech fans that argue with me. My mentions, uh, and I have their addresses. And I. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're we're getting Osama bin Dabo on the case. We're posting screenshots of people's houses from Google Earth. Like we're we're <laughs> getting up in on it. We're getting the real Osama on the case. <laughs> you don't uh, think I have boys? And look, uh, let's be honest. It's Texas Tech fans that did 9/11 in the first place. Yeah. Like if <laughs> if you're if you're a fan of Texas Tech, you think it wasn't your boys giving the Saudis money? Who do you think it was? Who who is running the oil game in Texas? It's you guys. Yeah. Yes. Te- Texas Tech, I think, is the most CIA college football program. I don't think that there's. Oh my a, god. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, like it's that, and then like there's not really one in Northern Virginia, so I, I there's there can't really be one there. So I think it's definitely that's like the uh, the Bush wing of the CIA is is Texas Tech. Um, yeah, which is funny because, like, of course, none of those people would ever go near Lubbock with a fucking 10-foot pole. No. Uh, but, yeah, everyone who does go to Lubbock ends up becoming a CIA agent because it's like, okay, you're an oil roughneck for five years. Like, your family owns a plantation that somehow probably still has slaves on it. Uh, yeah. Like, you know, at a certain point, you get bored of it, right? You just have all this family money. Uh, you can't keep wearing overalls and hats forever. You gotta eventually buy a suit, and become a man, and join the CIA. Yeah, every person who lives in Lubbock, their job is that they're the guy from No Country for Old Men. That's their. That's everything that they. That's all they do. And so eventually, well, that's why the population is so small. Yeah. they're always air <laughs> Yeah, they keep getting shot with the air gun by the crazy guy. Like it, it's just you have to become a CIA agent to escape him. He's just hunting down citizens of Lubbock. <laughs> <laughs> the way did your high school play mafia or anything similar to that? you know what i'm talking about um not not really i'm i'm familiar with the the name but i don't know anything about it we did not there, there's a couple of different versions of this we i think we play mafia and assassins mafia was lamer assassins cooler but basically you have uh you have teams of two so two friends team up and the objective of the game is any hours besides school hours or certain designated meetings like you know a football practice whatever it may be uh you are trying to get your targets and people, other people have you as a target mm-hmm. and you are trying to get them with a water gun. Okay. Uh, so we, there'd be yeah. people like 
driving 75 miles an hour residential <laughs> neighborhoods to chase down <laughs> other high schoolers. Like, it got really heated. Yeah, we, um, uh, as you say, it, we, we did have something like that. We had, it was just senior tag and it was, it was like, you you know, just other seniors you would chase down with the water gun. But if you were at any time when the other person came up on you, if you were naked, you were immune. Yeah, they couldn't shoot you. So you had kids running around downtown naked, which was not. That's pretty funny. Well, yeah. and that's that's honestly uh, funny enough that, that in New Albany that is encouraged and yeah. legal. Yeah, uh, where you grew up, that's yeah, it's actually in- it's interesting. One of the town's uh, main industries is yeah. for the naked children. Yeah, it's actually it's it's interesting. I wonder who that came from. Maybe you know, <laughs> maybe a certain financier who maybe Holy encouraged shit. that. Behavior. I can't believe that's real. That's is that awesome. really a true yeah. story? Yeah, that's a uh, senior tag. Yeah, they they discouraged it every year <laughs> but they kept doing it yeah they very lightly discouraged it they're yeah, like oh no oh, guys come on yeah. <laughs> give him a punch on the shoulder yeah oh, <laughs> just man. because we set up trail cams for this in the hallways <laughs> doesn't mean it's okay yeah we had that and then there was a brief period in like sophomore or junior year where and i'm sure this was a thing everywhere but uh the the there was like a group of boys who would barricade the boys bathroom door and then they would just fight in there they would just <laughs> just start fighting <laughs> Like it was, it was like an organized club. Yeah, or just like yeah, yeah. It was accident. the same group every time. It was not like it wasn't like that. They were fighting to solve any problems. They weren't like mad at each other. They just fought for fun. They would bet on it. Like, <laughs> that, dude, those guys are bag chasers. That yeah, is a bag chaser. There, there was a great video that circulated of a kid being punched so hard that he fell into the paper towel dispenser, and then he wasn't at school for a week because he had a concussion. Which is really good. <laughs> um, unfortunately, most like the serious fights in my high school got pretty dark. Like, yeah. uh, I don't know. The funniest one on the surface. If I just if I told you the story without saying who was involved, is that uh, one person was slapped in the face by another one with a piece of pizza covered in ranch. Okay. Uh, over a dispute, <laughs> and that that resulted, and that person got slapped going over the table, throwing the other person into a pillar. Oh, and then man. getting speared by the high school defensive coordinator yeah. and like a picture perfect uh, form tackle. Like one of the best tackles I've ever seen in on or off the football field. Um, <laughs> absolutely wrecked. That's awesome. uh, then he got dogpiled and got punched oh, a couple no. times. Unfortunately, it was a woman that he was hitting. Uh, uh, well, you can't win them all. not what you want. No, what did you say? You can't win them all. The- yeah. <laughs> We had, uh, this would have been like junior year, we had this kid who transferred in who was like, everybody was very excited about him because he was supposed to be a very good option quarterback and we ran the option. Um, and he was dog shit. And in like the third or fourth game of the season, he got suplexed and there was a video of it that circulated around the school. Like in a game, he got suplexed and it got posted so much that he transferred. <laughs> Just, <laughs> fuck, this. <laughs> fuck this i'm leaving um yeah brutal, brutal setup. Uh, can't do that <laughs> can't do that um i don't it, it speaks to uh to how how important that video was to us that i don't remember the kid's name i just remember the video of him getting suplexed in a football game it was uh we, it, was, it was bad we news. have a similar thing for just this legacy actually it's the opposite where oh, i do remember his name but uh there's a kid who was basically very well known he was two years younger than me and he was still well known to my grade like mm-hmm. for middle school years that's for being just the least funny guy you've ever heard of. <laughs> like every joke he made awesome. was just so fucking bad his last name was uh i think like murphy or something mm-hmm. so they started using the word murph that if you told a bad joke and no one laughed people would hit you with the murph oh, man. which turned into a hand signal of throwing the m <laughs> man 
It, this started when, in like fucking 2007, whenever oh I was in the seventh or eighth grade or whatever. Continued all through my high school years. Me and my friends still actively use Murph <laughs> to each other. People I went to college with use Murph because I brought it up to them and they know the story. Oh my um, god. It, a... it resulted in a series of spawning hand games. Yeah. Uh, so if someone murfs you, but someone actually laughed, you can womp them. Womp <laughs> is a counter to a murf. Uh, <laughs> this then resulted in, in the crust developing, which is essentially the same thing as murf, but in response to womp. Uh-huh. Then if you got crusted, you could respond with a dip. Yeah. Uh, dip was the anti-crust. Um, <laughs> we invented the murf quake, which was uh-huh. a murf so bad that like everyone was about to murf at the same time. And we just go... Murphquake, oh, uh, which was really funny to us when we were eighteen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what a night- yeah. Anyway, I hope Murph's still doing well out what, there. What a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, thousands of children know his God. name because of how unfunny he is. Oh, it's spread to other schools, other people, in like nearby oh, high schools. Oh no, stuff. he can't go anywhere. <laughs> go to the grocery store. Right, like you're yeah. the Murph. Yeah, going to the grocery store and like a seven-year-old pointing out to his mom. It's like that's Murph. <laughs> That's the guy who's not very funny. <laughs> Dude, getting getting Murph at the wrong time or getting Murph in front of a girl you were into just oh, devastating. Yeah, you, you hate to it just at that point you gotta just go mute. Just not talking. I'm not yeah. saying anything. I, I... <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Uh yeah, I'll get some messages about this one because it is just an absolutely famous start in my high school. Man, really, I still love murphing people. It's yeah. uh it hasn't gotten old. I've been doing it for how old am I? I'm 28 years old. I've been doing this for uh, more than half of my life. I have been working people for more than half of my life. That's awesome. And I don't think I'm ever going to get tired of it. Oh, that's awesome. You got to love that. That's, you know, he left his, uh, he left his legacy. Um, all right. You want to fire some coaches? Yeah. We said this is going to be a quick episode. We said it's going to be a no, no, whoops. Yeah. This was the all, uh, the all no nonsense, no nonsense, flipping the field. No jokes on this one. All serious coach talk. Um, and uh, we have, of course, started that with 10 minutes talking about the uh, hijinks of our high school years. Um, Here, here's but... something we should do as some point of episode. Uh, you know how people always, the other podcasts, people, maybe ones that you guys know, mm-hmm. um, are always doing like unfunny stories about things that aren't funny? Yeah. Um, what if we just did a high school fights and shenanigans uh, podcast episode where people send in their best high school shenanigans Ooh. and we read the stories on here? Something to think about. Yeah, that that would be like it's like uh like you said like those other podcasts except it would be uh, good instead of bad which is a, a yeah new approach. The other thing that I think we should start doing is saying extremely like inoffensive things and then having the other host pretend that it was the most like cutting remark you've ever heard someone say about a football team. Right. Um, I think we need to start doing that. It's just like yeah, yeah. Scott Leffler's not very good at his job and then someone's like oh I knew he was the mean one he's always been the mean one and it's like yes. Uh oh, we're getting sassy tonight <laughs> patrick's cutting loose oh, we've man. had two martinis and we are ready to podcast <laughs> all right what if actually okay what if we did an entire podcast episode in the style of like one of those barstool women's dating podcasts mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> ladies i don't really know what this would look like i really yeah, want to be execution I, reward I, just the, uh, the ideas making me laugh frankly i haven't listened to one of those so i wouldn't really be able to uh, replicate it super this is well, not going to be like the time yeah. i got euphoria yeah, but uh <laughs> we're, we're not doing this i dated <laughs> women who uh you know post these things I'm, I, which is also worse uh-huh. i'm actually i think getting, getting myself deeper into a rabbit hole by saying yeah. that 
Uh, I'm just going to shut the fuck up and move on to the yeah, coaches. Ladies, if your Scott Leffler's not winning at least seven games with this ske- with this schedule, he's not your ske- He's not your Scott Leffler. I don't know what the fuck they're. I don't know what they're he's doing. He's for but, the streets. Yeah, he's for the streets. If he's winning six games with this Bowling Green roster, ladies, it's over. You've got to dump him. Um, all right, first coach to Scott. Scott, Le- Scott Leffler is for the streets. Yeah, okay, Scott it's, it's on top of the, the Mac streets. Patrick. Yeah, dead man walking. It's Scott Leffler, uh, beloved. I think mascot of the show. We can't get enough of this guy. Um, he has worked for all of our favorite guys, and now he is running our favorite program, the most serious program in college football, the Bowling Green Falcons. Um, he is sitting right now at seven and twenty-two, going into year four. Uh, they went four and eight last year, which was the best that they have best year done ever under yeah. him. Yeah, um, but it's not good. Certainly, I, I'm actually honestly kind of high on this Bowling Green team, like relative to a Scott Leffler team. It's it's. They're going to be kind of bad because he is the coach and he sucks at his job, but the roster is legitimately pretty good. It's like all juniors and seniors. They've sort of been building this for several years now. They have a you know returning quarterback, um, lots of returning production in general. I think they're one of the most experienced teams in the country. And so I think that there's a decent chance that he doesn't lose his job just because this team is going to be probably better than he deserves. I don't think he's really done anything to mm. d- to create this. Have I you think read it's just... Have you read their schedule though, by chance? I'm Even looking... if they're a better team, they're yeah. I mean, I'm looking at it. So they start at UCLA, which is not great. Um, Eastern Kentucky at home, Marshall at home, at Mississippi State. So probably, I mean, not probably. They're going to start one and three. Um, then they go to Akron, Buffalo at home, Miami at home, at Central Michigan. Western Michigan at home, Kent State at home, at Toledo, at Ohio. So, I, I mean, I don't know. They're I, not beating Akron with Moorhead, I don't think. Like, I, 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 I don't think Scott Leffler can – he's going to get outcoached by all these programs. That's the problem. Yeah, at Akron is tricky because, like, Akron is not as talented as Bowling Green, but Akron does have some some high-impact transfers, and also, like you said, it has Joe Moorhead. Um and I mean, it's also the Mac. Like the talent gap is like yeah, it's not very big. It's not very big. Yeah, I, like I, a couple of these Toledo or Western Michigan teams put together like legitimately talented rosters, but almost yeah. all the other ones are just like, you know, it's just about how well you deploy the guys. Yeah, I think they're going to beat Eastern Kentucky, Buffalo, uh, Western Michigan, and then <sighs> probably Ohio. Western Michigan is going to be dog shit this year. This is a bad, bad Man. Western Michigan team. So that would be four if they could flip Akron and get it to five. Um, then I think he probably keeps his job. I don't think he gets. If you set the over under three and a half wins for this team, I am hammering the under. Yeah, I think I wonder what the over under is for this team. We're gonna do our over under show at some point here, but um, yeah, yeah, I, I I think he probably keeps his job at five. I don't know that he's gonna get there. I, I think it's probably even with a better team, probably three or four, and I think that that might be, uh, might be it for for old Scott. You check out the over under. Uh, no, I can't find it. I, uh, I, I would. It's it's uh, impossible to know what the over under is because all of the websites that tell you that sort of thing are just entirely like un unnavigatable. There's there's nothing that can be gleaned uh, from any of these. Let's see the Bowling Green win total. Uh, oh wow, this is tasty actually. Hmm, Daddy might have to lay a little action on the line. Uh, it is three and a half. Okay. Uh, the over though is minus one fifty. The under is plus one thirty right now. Huh. That is a that's a free one. Okay, that's one you guys before the podcast. That is a uh, B1G Ryan uh, lead pipe lock of the <laughs> of, July, of June. It's June right now. Yeah, that's the lead pipe lock of June. Is the Bowling Green under at plus one thirty? Okay. Yes, sir. Take that. All right. Yeah. I uh, I I think he probably is going to get fired. Just 
uh, this schedule is is brutal. This is a bad schedule to have in a year where you can't afford to have a bad schedule. Um, yeah. Next up, Tim Albin, who is the head coach of Ohio. He started the uh, the job last year as briefly he was the interim, and then he was made the actual head coach for no real reason. Unclear why they did that. Um, after the retirement of Frank Solich, he went three and nine. They were dog shit. They were very very bad at just about everything that a football team can be bad at. Um, I don't, I think he's gone. I think that his ass is done. I don't think that there's really much of anything he could do this season. One, because I, I think that last season so seriously poisoned the well that nobody's going to want to keep him around. Um, and two, because they play, um, let's see, a very hard schedule for a Mac team. They start the season with Florida Atlantic at home, then at Penn State, at Iowa State, Fordham at home, at Kent State, Akron at home is the uh, the first six games. They're maybe winning one of those, right? Like, they, I, I think they're probably going to get Fordham, and I, I think that's it. I don't see them winning a single one of those other games. Um, um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess the only caveat I'd say is, like, if they get lucky and uh, beat, florida atlantic somehow week one which is just not going to happen yeah florida uh, atlantic is so much more talented than this team even if it's not well coached right like this is yeah I, I i guess that's it though like if you get them at home you go two and two like yeah i don't know but maybe he, they give away free drugs at athens that weekend <laughs> get the crowd pumped up yeah i i think like the absolute best case scenario you could find here is a three and three start um, but then they finish the season at Western Michigan, Northern Illinois at home, Buffalo at home, at Miami, at Ball State, Bowling Green at home. So even if you were doing the best case scenario for that first half, uh, they're still only getting to four or five total, and they're not getting that best case scenario. So this is probably a two or three win team, and I think that that gets them fired. You know how, uh, what is it, like Portland and Seattle kind of did like the, uh, uh, what do you call it? drug oasis zones or whatever like where you don't really get persecuted for any drug use in those cities anymore sure um it'd be cool if athens did that i think that kind of be their recruiting strategy it's like okay. people are already yeah. just doing more drugs there than any school in ohio easily yeah uh you need to be making yourself the mushroom team of college football. <laughs> yeah, this is the Amsterdam of college football. That would be cool. Um, I'm not gonna. It do could this. work. I'm not gonna do I this for sure. uh, Go for every team, but I do just want to mention. Um, this seems like a mistake. The over under for win totals for Ohio this season is five point five. What's going on out there? Whoa! It's minus five and a half. Yes, minus one fifteen on both of them. Damn, that's bad. That's really bad. That's not even fucking close. <laughs> This is what we told you guys. No one really, I mean, people do it <laughs> theoretically, like other sickos, but like yeah. even guys who are betting sickos don't really care about G5 football like we do. No. It's just so much free money on G5 over under specifically. Yeah, they're not willing to put in the work. It's just, that's the biggest thing is that they just don't want to watch Ohio football. And, and how could you not want to watch, uh, you know, Tim Albin just fucking blow it for 12 games? That's the best thing yeah. to watch. Um, yeah, I think he gets fired as well. I think that him and Leffler are probably both gone. Uh, last one in the MAC, the dark horse is Jason Candle. Um, I don't think Jason Candle is going to get fired because I think they're probably going to end up being pretty good this year. They have in a, yeah, this, in a, this was a patch conclusion, by the way. I disavow once again. Yeah, <laughs> um, I just wanted to include it because there's a chance that if they if they blow it again, 
Um, this is a, I mean, this is a bad team to blow it with. And also his last four years, seven and six, six and six, four and two, seven and six. It's not like he's been lighting the world on fire, right? Yeah. They don't expect that there. They like, they expect to, to contend for conference championships they, every season. They much. should be significantly better than this, right? Like they, they should be, they are in a league that doesn't have huge talent gaps. Like you said, they are supremely talented relative to the other teams in the league. They are consistently at the top of the Recruiting rankings, they pulled in a really good transfer class, including some guys from within the league who were starters elsewhere. Um, they should easily win the MAC championship. They should easily win 10 or 11 games. I just, if they don't, if they go like 7 yeah. and 6 again, I think he should get fired. I don't know if he will, but um, it, this should be a 10 or 11 win team in this league. There's no excuse for them to lose any conference games. They're really, it's exactly. crazy how many advantages they have. Like they're one yeah. of two teams in the conference that's actually in a city, right? Yeah. It's like that, I guess three, it's them, Akron and Buffalo. Yeah. And that's being really generous to Akron. Uh, and I mean, I don't know. They're like in the middle of every primary recruiting territory in the region. Like it's the, it's in the dead center of like Indianapolis, Detroit and the Ohio cities. Yeah. Uh, it should be so they have nice facilities like how how do you ever fuck this up they also have like there are some legitimately very good coaches on this staff like vince cares is a defensive coordinator on this staff they have craig kuligowski who is at miami um they also have the, I, I don't know if this is just a wikipedia thing they have five coordinators listed they have two co-offensive coordinators and then three co-defensive coordinators there's that's your problem sick. right there that's <laughs> There's issue number one is that you have five goddamn coordinators on a 10 man staff. Don't do that. That's bad. Well, you got to hang on to all those guys. I'm yeah. checking their stash record right now. Yeah, no, you're right. That's, Jesus. that's, uh, that's correct. That's too many. Uh, Jason dial it back a little bit. I don't think that Ross Watson needs to be a co-defensive coordinator. He doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. They also have, uh, they have Mark Statton doing tight ends and offensive tackles, which means one of these co-OCs is only coaching the interior offensive line. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Mike guys. Hallett's job is to be an interior O-line coach oh my God. and co-OC. Jason Kendall is um, also a play caller. That's like his thing is that he's an offensive play caller. So they have basically six coordinators because they have Kendall included as an offensive coordinator. Why? What is the point? <laughs> That's pretty funny. Just do the fake associate head coach title that you give a coach that you'd want to give more money to, but you don't want to give a bigger, you know, responsibility. Yeah, passing to. game coordinator, run game yeah, coordinator. There's like, all kinds of jobs you can do without co-OC. Yeah, just something fucking made They're up. Just, like, yeah, the, they have a fucking time machine up there. They don't learn about passing game coordinators yet in Toledo. Yeah, I guess. But yeah, it's like, you know, you don't need a, a defensive line coach coordinating your defense. You just don't. Let him coach the defensive line and say that he's the defensive run game coordinator. It doesn't need to be real. It's just stupid, stupid stuff. But um, they start yeah. the season with, does Long Island have a football team? <laughs> They're playing Long Island. What the hell? Who is it? They play Long Island U? Long Island U. Yeah. They don't have a, the... <laughs> I didn't know that they had a football oh, team. That's not who that is. LIU? That's uh, that's not Long Island U. Uh, that's... No, that's not it. That's not... That's a different team. It's... um. No, no, no. It's something else. I know what you're talking Wait, about. No, this but... is them. This is them. This is... Nope. This yeah, is they're them. really... It says LIU. LIU yeah. Sharks. What the yeah, fuck? Yeah, you're right. You're right. It's Long Island University. 
Last season, they played three games. They lost to Miami by 35 points, by to West Virginia by 66, and to FIU by 38. So uh, probably going to be a win there. I'm going to guess that that's a win to start the season. Then they get UMass at home, 2-0. Uh, at Ohio State, they're not going to win that game, 2-1. Um, at San Diego State, I don't think they're going to win that game either, 2-2. Two and two. But then the rest of the schedule is Central Michigan at home, uh, at Northern Illinois, which is maybe going to determine the league. I don't know if there's a whole lot else here outside of that one. But then uh, Kent State at home, at Buffalo, at Eastern Michigan, Ball State at home, Bowling Green at home, at Western Michigan. This is a 10-2 team in any just situation. They should be 10-2. There's there's no there's no excuse for them to not be 10-2. Maybe they can lose that NIU game if it's close, but they should win every other game on this schedule. Um, and They won't do that, though, right? No, they won't. But if they go 7-6, and six, he should get fired. I don't know if he's going to, but that's uh, embarrassing. This roster is far too good to to uh, to be going 7-6 and six with or to really be doing anything other than winning the league. They should easily, easily win the league. All right, you want to move on to the mid, uh, Mountain West? Yeah, let's do it. So, dead man walking uh, up at the top, we have Marcus Arroyo, who is the head coach at UNLV. He's entering his third season. We talked about him a little bit in the Mountain West preview. Um, he's two and sixteen, entering his third year, which is not very good. They got they got their first two wins of his tenure last season, um, and probably should have had more. They were better than than their two and ten record. They. Uh, they came up a touchdown short against San Jose State, four points short against Utah State, seven points short against UTSA, eight against Fresno State. Like, those are good teams. <laughs> those are legitimate. And then eight against San Diego State. Um, they probably should have won at least one of those, if not two, but uh, they didn't. And so now he finds himself in a in a pretty bad situation where I think they sort of need to get to a bowl game or close to it. Um, they're one of the more experienced teams in the league. So in theory, they should be able to do that. They have a good... Uh, they have what should be a pretty good passing attack with Harrison Bailey coming in from Tennessee and some returning receivers. They're going to have to replace Charles Rogers at halfback, but um, they should be good is the, is the the crux of it. They should be good enough to get to a bowl game. I think that that's probably the standard. I would think, I think they probably, I don't know, man. It's hard to get there. The schedule is not easy, but I think that they should get to six. I, I, I think five or six, he keeps his job. I think if it's four or fewer, he gets fired. I'm having a hard time seeing them get to five. So the way that I saw it when I was doing the preview was Idaho State to open the season is one. Um, yeah. New Mexico at home in Sept- in late September is two. Uh, and then Nevada at the end of the season is three straight off the bat at home. Um, that's the uh, three, three, I think, obvious ones at Hawaii. So they, they have to win basically at Hawaii and home against North Texas to, to yeah. get to five? Yeah, they're going to beat Hawaii because Hawaii has no football players on their team. Um, and so the, the hinge point is, yeah, it's it's North Texas um, or it's, you know, stealing one at Cal, I think, basically is how you get to six. Stealing one at Cal or San Jose State. Come on, they're not, they're not beating Cal. I think they could. I think that they could make it a game. I don't think that they're going to, but I, I, I think that they probably beat one of Cal, North Texas, or San Jose State, and they get to, uh, they get to five, which I don't think he gets fired for. I think if it's below five, um, probably if it's below four, right? If they lose one of those against uh, Idaho State, New Mexico, Nevada, or Hawaii, then he should get fired for that. But I, I don't think they're going to, and so I don't think he's going to. Yeah, it's crazy that he is uh, just doing significantly worse than the high school coach they hired before him. Yeah, who was like famously very bad. Who who is like like kind of legendarily incompetent for a for a college football coach. Just didn't know any of the things that you're supposed to do as a as a college head coach. I mean, that's the thing with this guy is that he's never been good. 
anywhere he has been, he has never done a good job. He was the, you know, he was the OC at Oregon when they had Justin Herbert, which was not successful. That was not a good job that he did there. Um, he was the OC at Southern Miss in 2013. He was the passing game coordinator at Cal in 2012. It's just like a whole bunch of not good shit. He's been doing this for two decades now, and he's never been good. I don't think he's ever produced an actually good offense, and he's an offensive coordinator. He's just one of those guys. He's like West Coast Scott Leffler. Yeah. Well, we hate his guts, and we hope he fucking uh, <laughs> gets canned. I hope that somebody good gets the job, because I think it's an interesting job if you hired somebody fucking competent, which it seems like they're completely immune to doing for some reason. Because, um, like, yeah, Las Vegas, you should be able to win football games there. It doesn't seem like it'd be that hard, but apparently it's very hard. Um, Just ask the Raiders. Yeah. Um, all right, <laughs> yes. let's move on to Danny Gonzalez, our yep. dark horse. Yeah, he is at New Mexico. Um, I think that it would take a lot for him to get fired because of the circumstances. Firstly, he's 5-14 and 14 through two years, which is honestly not terrible for New Mexico, 2-5 and five and then 3-9. and nine. Um, It's not good, certainly. He can't just keep doing that forever, but this is a very patient job. I don't imagine that they're really in the market to be firing a coach after three seasons unless he, like, I think he'd have to tank this season. I think it'd have to be really, really bad, like one or two wins, um, and I don't see that as super likely. And And on top of that, he has two things going for him. One, Rocky Long is his defensive coordinator, so the defense is going to be good. Um, just by default, the defense is going to be good. I think it's going to be actually probably very good this season. They return a ton of guys, and they were already taking steps towards that last year. Um, and then the other thing that he has working in his favor is that his first two teams were derailed by quarterback injuries, and so he can cite that uh, for as long as he needs to and, and probably – sell this internally as his real year one, uh, assuming that Miles Kendrick, the Kansas transfer, is healthy all season. Um, so he, I think he gets pretty much a clean slate. He's on here, like I said, largely as a uh, as a dark horse because I think there's a chance that they could, if they tank, that he could get fired and they could just promote Rocky Long to, uh, to head coach. That's the main the main sort of thing that I would push against him is that Rocky Long is here and he might want to be a head coach again. Um, having having run the defense for three years now, that's always going to be sort of a uh, a concern, I think, if you're Danny Gonzalez, is that Rocky Long is a better head coach than you and he might just want to be a, a, <clears throat> a head coach here again at some point. Um, Yeah, maybe. I, I I don't know. He's been hanging out for a long time, right? Does he really still want to keep coaching that long? I don't know if he does, but he uh, he's 72. 72. But I I think that there certainly could be some internal kind of pushing to get him to take over the job. Um, I I don't know if he would do it, but it's uh, tempting (laughs) if you're if you're New Mexico and say you lose eight or nine games this season, it might be tempting to see if you can get Rocky Long to take over the job. Um, Like I said, I don't expect it. I don't expect that Danny Gonzalez is going to get fired, but I I think that there is a chance for catastrophe here. They end the season with Fresno State at Utah State, at Air Force, San Diego State, and at Colorado State. So they have five losses (laughs) just to end the year. And then in the first seven games, they also have Boise State at home at LSU, um, I guess those are the only two really hard ones. So, like, there's there's a maximum here of five wins, and that's a little bit hard to negotiate with, especially because those five would need to come from Maine, UTEP, UNLV, Wyoming, and New Mexico State, which is not impossible, but winning all five is still not super easy. And I, I think that there's a 
there's a chance that things could get a little bit squirrely if even with a healthy quarterback they're still winning like three games I, I there could be some there could be some concern for that we we talked a little bit last week about guys for whom it's not really a hot seat yet but it will be next year if things go bad this year I think that that's the case for Gonzalez yeah yeah fair enough um Really tough schedule this year, though. I mean, yeah. really, really tough yeah, schedule. Yeah, that's brutal. That is a brutal way to end the season where you just you have five scheduled losses and then you also have LSU and Boise State in the start of the season. That's that's miserable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, man, lucky to win three, I think, this year. Yeah, three or four, I think, is, is probably, probably fair. And I don't think he gets fired for that unless there's something disastrous that happens. But next year, we start to talk about that as being a, a possibility. Yeah. Speaking of guys, we're starting to talk about this possibility. <laughs> How about this fucking bum, Craig Bull? Yeah. So Went from three consecutive national championships to the loser of Wyoming. Yeah. So Craig Bull is a weird one because his tenure at Wyoming has been, I think, largely fine, right? They went eight and six, eight and five, six and six, eight and five, two and four, seven and six since uh, 2016. He had two sort of building years and they have been pretty much good since, but he had a first round quarterback who is now one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL during that time. And the most he could produce was eight wins. And um, the offense in 2017, which was the second of the Josh Allen years was fucking horrible. It was like 120th in points per game. Um, And so it's, it's just been a case of like, he's never been able to connect the offense and the defense. And then on top of that, this offseason, they lost all of their good players to the transfer portal, which is more of where where this listing comes from than anything else. Is there's a, I have a sneaking suspicion that maybe something has caused that that is not football related. That maybe there is something going on there that we are not privy to yet that could lead to mm. uh, an, an ousting here sooner than later. Because hmm. that's strange, right? That's <laughs> that's a weird thing to have happen. Where it's not good. Like, yeah, it's not what you want to see. I would get it if a couple of guys, like Isaiah Nair, I think makes sense to me. He's from Texas. Texas was in need of a wide receiver. I think that that makes sense. But for so many of your guys who were going to be contributors, serious contributors on this team, including Levi Williams, the quarterback, who was going to be the starter. He was the starter at the back end of last season um, and decided to leave to go sit on the bench for a year at Utah State instead. Like, that's that's worrying. That's not, that's not encouraging. And so it's sort of a rebuild year for them. I don't know that the results on the field are going to matter a ton for his job security. I think that they're aware that this is going to be a rebuilding year. Um, but if there's another, you know, after this year where it's sort of a youth movement next off season, if a bunch of those young guys who maybe impress or step into bigger roles this season are transferring again, it could, it could be getting into uh you know, it could get nasty. Yeah, yeah. It, it could be getting into uh, firing territory because that's just that's not tenable in, in this era of football. And I, I again, we don't know for sure that this is the situation. It could just be a you know an unlucky off season, but it's uh, it's troubling to see something like that. That's that's a that's a concerning thing to see. What's their best case scenario this year? Is it like six and six? Oh man, that's uh, that's a lot. <laughs> Six is a lot for this team. That's <laughs> they, I don't know. They go at Illinois, home against Tulsa, yeah, home against Northern Colorado, home against Air Force. That's probably one and three, but could be two and two. Uh, I guess, yeah. At BYU is a loss. Yeah. Uh, call that one and four. San Jose State at home at New Mexico. They'll beat New Mexico. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, 
I, I think I think they get one of San Jose, Tulsa, or Air Force. I don't think they, I don't think they get swept. They're not going to beat Air Force. Air Force is going to go ten and two this year, but they they might beat. Um, I, I think that they get one of or, or hmm. I'll say they get two of Tulsa, Northern Colorado, San Jose State, New Mexico, and Hawaii. I think they take two of those. Okay, and lose then, to Utah State. Yeah. And then they close the season, Colorado State on the road. Boise State at home, Fresno State on the road. So that's 2-10. and 10. Um, That's bad. <laughs> They're not losing. Uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. All right. <laughs> that's bad. Uh, I think probably 3-9 and nine, if we're being realistic. I don't know where the third one comes from. Um, I mean, hell, I, I, guess, I guess Northern Colorado, New Mexico, Hawaii is not that much to ask. But anything above that seems like pretty much out of the question they don't have any good players like their offense doesn't have any players on it who are good <laughs> and i think that's yeah really yeah, yeah. you don't want that usually no it's not not a great way to build a team um so i don't think he gets fired but i think we are having a discussion next year if a bunch of these young guys who are going to play big roles this year are leaving again that is bad that's 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 bad news but we will cross that bridge if we uh if we get to it um all right pack 12 dead man walking is I, I think the um one of the funniest coaches in college football just a harebrained tenure that really never seemed like it was going to work and then never did uh it's herm edwards at arizona state um I, i'm kind of surprised he isn't already fired right uh yeah i mean i don't really know what they're waiting on i guess they just maybe thought last year was too difficult of a cycle like too competitive of a cycle to try to hire somebody yeah that's my only thought but yeah i mean obviously it's not working even when it was about to work he like on the field shit the bed and like let alone the off the field problems yeah uh and like they had a pretty obviously they a underachieve but like eight and five was still a decent squad last year he's eight wins twice but it's just yeah. like the off the field shenanigans and like lack of player retention it's just He's not going to survive it. He's not good enough to survive it. Yeah, I think it's 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 really funny talking about his tenure, how it's gone so far. Because like you said, they won eight games twice. They were seven and six in his first year. They have been winning a, a you know roughly what they were doing before, right? But they feel so fucking incompetent, right? Everything that they do when you watch this team, they have moments where they look outstanding, right? Like I remember last season. I don't remember what the game was. It might have been the UCLA game. Um, I think it was the UCLA game where mm-hmm. I remember both of us watching it and we're like, wow, these guys are awesome, right? Because they, they win that game 42-23 in, in Pasadena. We're like, wow, these guys could be really good. You know, they were they were sitting 4-1. and one. They beat Stanford the next week 5-1. and one. And then they just, like, they're just not very good. They're just not run very well. And they, they lose four of their last seven. Um, they're just... They shit the bed constantly. It was like, you know, we we kind of sometimes I think we blamed it on Jaden Daniels, which I think was fair because he's not a very good quarterback. But there were other times where they just didn't show up for games consistently where, you know, there's no reason to be losing to Washington State at home or at Oregon State or to Wisconsin in a bowl game, right? Like at Utah makes sense. At BYU makes sense. How the fuck did you lose to Washington State at home by 13 points after their coach was fired? It doesn't. It just doesn't make any sense. I, it's, it's it a, can't be happening. It's a it very, very, it's a just a bizarre program where like they have enough talent that they can get to eight wins, but they're so poorly coached that it just doesn't matter. I think it's maybe one of the first firings of the year too, because the I way agree. their schedule sets up. Yeah. Um, they get Northern Arizona at home, which is a win, obviously. 
But after that, they go at Oklahoma State, home against Eastern Michigan, home against Utah, at USC, home against Washington. Uh, they'll be two and four going into their bye week. Yeah. Uh, it's a pretty easy schedule come up in the back half, a relatively easy schedule come up in the back half. I think they fire him then and there to avoid the chance he like reels off four or five consecutive wins. Yeah, yeah. Looking at this, I agree. I think that he gets fired right after the Washington game. Lose at home to a team that's probably not going to be amazing, right? Like this Washington team feels uniquely seven and five to me. They're just like yeah. I, that 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 feels like the only possible outcome for this Washington team is that they're going to go seven and five. Um, and so I I think that you lose to. You lose to that team at home, and you 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 know you drop to two and four. Um, I, I think that probably that's that's probably it's the right time to do it. Yeah. Other than that, you take the chance that like, I mean, they come out of the bye week going at Stanford, at Colorado, home against UCLA, at Wazoo. Yeah. Uh, I think he probably loses two of those four games, but he could easily win all four of them. Yeah. Uh, who's the interim? Do you think? I'm looking at this staff. Um, is Marvin Lewis going to be the interim head coach at Arizona State? <laughs> no one who is going to have a job there next year is going to be on staff. Yes, yeah, so I think Marvin Lewis would make sense because <laughs> he's certainly not going to—he's certainly not going to have the job next year. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Either way, I think this one's a slam dunk, uh, open and shut case. Yeah. Let's get into some of these interesting kind of a uh, little trickier to navigate ones here. Yeah. Uh, so- how about our man Carl Durrell? I don't know that this one's all that tricky for me to navigate. I think he's going to get fired unless he is stunningly competent after two seasons of not being competent. Um, mm. I, I think he's fucked. I don't think he has any hope at all. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, okay. I, I, I guess my, my view on Darrell is, is uh, colored a bit by friend of the show, Colton Denning, who fucking hates this guy and is a Colorado right. fan. Um, like I, it's hard for me to see all that and then and think that he's not going to completely fuck this up because I haven't watched Colorado as much as he does. Um, and then I also I look, believe he'll fuck it up. I, what their tolerance for fucking up seems pretty high, right? Like you would, that's the thing is like they don't really care that much. You'd think. Um, I also I'll note quickly his offensive coordinator is Mike Sanford Jr., which is just a pretty funny. That's a bad sign. That's. <laughs> That's one of those red flags about a coaching staff. Wait, like, you know, that's that's the surefire sign that the coach is about to be fired is when they hired Mike Sanford Jr. as their offensive coordinator. He is like the, the bringer of death to programs. Also not great that, I mean, not another great sign here is that they play two P5 non-cons and also Air Force on the oh road. Oh, my God. Uh, but I do think they win one of these non oh games. Like, I, I'm looking at the schedule for the first time. They're going to go one and eleven. No, come on. Look. Yes. They they <laughs> they beat TCU opening weekend. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Who's playing quarterback for this team? The other team has Max Duggan, so he'll be better. No, come on. That's, Sonny Dykes does not need a good quarterback to score points. He has never had a good quarterback. He doesn't need one to score points. There's no, there's no way they're going to beat TCU. This team doesn't have any players on it. There are no players at Colorado. They all transferred. I don't know. No, uh, this I team's going know. one and eleven. They're going to beat Arizona on the road, and they're going to go one and eleven. There, this is this is a horrible schedule. Oh my god, I had never seen this before. Yeah, they're going to go one and eleven. I don't even know if they're going to win a game. I think you're being dramatic. I think they'll beat California at home. Uh. Hmm. <laughs> uh, I think they could beat Arizona State. 
Yeah, they, I guess. They they, they could uh, they could beat TCU. No. Uh, they could beat Arizona. Oh, man, I mean, that's that's so generous. That is so kind to a team that does not deserve it, <laughs> even a little bit. I don't know. Man, TCU beat Baylor last year without its head coach. It's not like there's no talent at TCU. Man. Uh, all right. Well, whatever. Yeah, he's probably fired. That's fine. Yeah. But like, I guess my only argument against even like the Colorado is going to be that bad. It's good, or like they're going to win games. It's just that like, do they have an appetite to fire a coach right now? Like, do they? I don't think that they ever really do. But I, I don't know that they'd have a whole lot of a choice. Bringing him back after a one and eleven season is just that's uh, probably a bridge too far. I don't know how many coaches yeah. have survived going one and eleven in year three at a Power Five program. Um, that... What well, kind of sucks too, because he arguably like shouldn't have gotten fired his last UCLA job. Like when he was there, like I think you can make a real argument that he never should have gotten canned. Uh, I, I yeah. think there's some off the field shit, right? What was uh, the deal there? That sounds um, right. Um, yeah, never had a losing season. I mean, I guess they went six and seven in year one, but I don't really count a bull loss as a losing season. Um, Ten and two in two thousand five, and then six losses in the other three seasons. Um, I don't remember what it was specifically that got him fired because I was uh, seven, but I, I think. That... Yeah. Well, I guess he apparently had 20 returning starters and reached as high as number 11 in the AP poll. Okay. And then uh, went six and six. Yeah. That's, which that's not... that is a good way to get fired. I am loving this picture on the 2007 UCLA Wikipedia of uh, Ben Olson. And then another one of quarterback Patrick Cohen. They're both taken from the side in a way that looks completely fucked up. And I, I really, I really like that. I'm enjoying these. I'm enjoying these pictures. It looks like they were both booked for crimes. Like that's why they're here. Yeah. <laughs> these are the kind of guys they used to let play football in 2007 that don't get to play anymore. Yeah, we need to bring these guys back. Just like a guy who looks like a like a 2003 NASCAR driver playing quarterback for UCLA. That just doesn't exist anymore. You don't have that. No. Um, it's all glitz and glamour in Hollywood nowadays. Yeah, every white UCLA quarterback now has a high top fade. It's not. It's it's it's. it's they have the zoomer. They have the zoomer perm. Yeah, it's really sickening stuff. They all look like Jack Harlow, and I don't want that. I want guys who look like this. <laughs> I want guys who look like they're 29 years old. Bring Brandon Whedon's back to college football. Dude, did you see that fucking really quick here? Quick derailment. Yeah. Did you see that Matt Miller mock draft that I was quote tweeting? No. <laughs> Dude, this man put Jaron Hall in his top 10 picks. Okay. All right. I'm in. <laughs> come on. Come on. <laughs> I like, Do you know how I, old Jaron Hall is going to be if he were to come out of the NFL this year? Come out of the NFL this year? He's like 35 years old. He's very old. Yeah. He's, he's an old He's going to be 25 at the time of the draft. I Listen. Uh, so I think 26 maybe? I don't know. Yeah. So taking Jaron Hall in the first round is, is comical. It's ridiculous. However... I would take Jaron Hall before I would draft fucking Will Levis. Will Levis sucks at football. Will Levis, that's come the, on, that's the issue. With Will, Will Levis has tools that could translate to the NFL. Jaron Hall, Hall is can... six foot flat. He's gonna have less than thirty starts, and he's not even that good. That good either. He can throw the football, which I don't believe Will Levis can do. That's my big uh, issue with Will Levis is that I don't think he can throw the football very well. Will Levis is just like a shitty Josh Allen, as in like he can throw it very hard and far, and his accuracy sometimes makes some incredible passes, but it's not generally accurate. Yeah, and Josh Allen's like the one quarterback of all time who got more accurate at the at the, at the pro level. Yeah, it's bad process to draft Will Levis. I agree with it. <laughs> that having been said, I don't think I would. It dra- is so much worse to draft Jaron Hall in the top ten. You were just like. 
Yeah, like okay, uh, Kenny Pickett. Who? It's, no, sorry, I shouldn't say that. Uh-huh. It's more embarrassing to mock Jaron Hall in your top ten than it is to actually think Jaron Hall might get picked in the first round. Like, I don't think he would. I, I like, I. Yeah, he won't get drafted in the first three Jer- rounds. Jer- like, obviously, I mean, Jaron Hall is not anywhere near as weak as you think he is as a passer. Um, his arm is significantly better than you're giving him credit for. But no, he's, yeah, but come on, he's it's not, not about gonna, that. It's he's not all that matters. Like he won't, round. like he won't get drafted because he's a relatively small school player who doesn't have that many career starts, doesn't have any measurables, mm-hmm. and that's that's it. He's also old. Like Kenny Pickett who had like one of the best seasons in college football last year was a year and a half younger than him at like three inches taller uh, and in a much weaker quarterback class, but fell to like the twenties because uh, he saw, because like he's old and like not that good. And that's just what happens to old quarterbacks who aren't like overwhelmingly good. Like Zach Wilson was the number two draft pick in 2020. He had one, he had one good college football season at BYU. I don't know that it's impossible for. <laughs> I, I think that I think that the Zach NFL, will, like, dude, come he, on. He's only twenty two, but also he had he had started. He, let's see, he had. He was tw- only twenty one at the time of draft with three full seasons starting, and he had and had much better passing stats. He had one good season. <laughs> he had one good season. His first season was pretty good, too, I'd say. I get. I mean, he had twelve um, touchdowns to three interceptions. I don't know that that's good. That's. <laughs> <laughs> in seven starts, it's not terrible. It's not good either. It's no. it's fine. Either way. Anyway. Uh, look, it, it, no, I'm just digressing from the point here, but yeah. like Matt Miller's a fucking idiot. That's the point that I was trying to make. Matt yeah. Miller's a stupid man. And I think guys who do mock drafts this far out should almost unanimously be shot into the sun. Okay. Yeah. I forget what we were talking about that got us onto that, but I agree. Um, oh, I just brought it up. Yeah, anyway, Carl Durrell uh, going <laughs> to get fired. Next up, Chip Kelly, um, the uh, currently the head coach of UCLA very weird situation here where his teams have been like, honestly, they're getting closer to what he wants them to be. They just went eight and four. And yet it seems like UCLA fans across the board hate him and want him to leave. Um, he had three not mm-hmm. great years to open his tenure as They sort of built the team back up, but they went eight and four last year. And it seems like they're going to be pretty fucking good this year. I don't really understand why everybody's so mad about chip Kelly. I mean, like the games that they lost last year, the Arizona state game is bad, but Fresno State was really good. Uh, number 10 Oregon by three points in a game that they would have won were it not for their quarterback getting hurt and then the backup throwing an interception with like two seconds to play. And then at Utah, that's not that bad. <laughs> like, I, don't I really... think the problem is that Chip Kelly's an asshole and also doesn't yeah. like to recruit. Yeah, that's fair. He doesn't really, it seems like, as much as I hate to say this because you do need to recruit, it doesn't seem like he really needs to recruit. Um, he still wins games even without good players. Yeah, sure, but like it's just bad process. Like you, yeah. you don't keep guys like that around because like it's just it's bad as a standard to set for your program. Like it, it might be fine now, but eventually it'll fuck you. Yeah, I agree, but I I don't I don't know that that's grounds for firing the guy, especially if he's going to win you know nine or ten games this season, which I would assume that he's going to. Um, so I I, I wonder what gets him fired, right? Because I think the bar is probably pretty low. I don't think that it's going to take a lot for them to 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 pull the trigger right because it seems like they don't really like him like you said he's an asshole um but i i wonder what that bar is specifically like if he goes seven and five do you think he gets fired um hmm. i a, get yeah probably that's a, that's i think i was yes if you're ucla that's a tough precedent to set with a coach who has so many of his assistants all over college football who will 
in turn talk to other assistants who could potentially be looking at the job. That's a tough And especially precedent. if you do it to hire Jeff Halfley, who also can't oh, go better yeah. than seven and five. Yeah. Mm, boy, that's a, that's a slippery slope if you're UCLA. Um, they have, let's see, four wins to open the season with Bowling Green, Alabama State, and South Alabama at home, and then at Colorado. Uh, then they get Washington and Utah at home, at Oregon, Stanford at home, at Arizona State, Arizona at home, USC at home, and then at California. Um, so let's see. So they're, they're starting 4-0. I think they probably beat Washington at home. I think they're going to lose to Utah 5-1. and uh, They'll lose at Oregon. Five and two, then they I think they rattle off three straight to get to eight and two, and they're going to beat Cal at nine and two. So that's just the USC game is is I think determinant of its you know being nine and three or ten and two. Um, I don't have a great feel for that right now, but I don't think he gets fired for either of those. Man, I don't know. I, I they could win nine games this year. Yeah, I I think realistically they could win ten games. I I don't know that it's out of the question that they beat all of the teams on this schedule except for Utah and, and at Oregon. And I don't even know that Oregon is a They lot. also get USC at home. That's, yeah. They're not going to. I But I think that there's a chance they could win one of those three games. And if they do, they're going to go 10 and 2. I think they could beat one of Utah at Oregon or USC at home. They get two of them at home. I, I think the perfect Chip Kelly season is they somehow win one of those games, lose two inexplicable ones, yeah. and go 8-4. and four. Man, it's, it's so strange. It's like... It's hard with this because I don't even know what the the inexplicable ones would be. I guess that that, you know, by definition. But, like, I don't really see even trap games on here. Stanford's going to be dog shit. Both Arizonas are going to be dog shit. I guess. At we, Arizona State after Hermes fired? I guess, man. But, like, it's Emory, That's the Chip Kelly loss right Emory, there. Emory Jones is playing quarterback. I don't know. I don't know about all that. You've got Emory Jones at quarterback and Marvin. Uh, what's his name? Marvin. Uh, Marvin Jones. Is that his name? Who's the coach? Uh, Marvin. Lewis. Marvin Lewis. That's right. You got Marvin Lewis coaching up Emory Jones. Come on. <laughs> I don't know Man. about all that, but like I guess Washington or maybe at Cal to end the season. What's well, gonna that that would be that would be what would happen is that they beat USC to get to uh to get to nine and two it's this huge upset it knocks usc out of the playoff and then they fucking lose to cal to end the year by the way i don't know what i'm doing in my algorithm but i'm getting advertised season tickets for rutgers football yeah uh, on the ucla football schedule play page on fbschedules.com well as as anybody who has ever covered a big 10 team and had to get credentialed for a rutgers game would know uh once they get you on their email list they never let you off you're stuck on there fucking forever uh, it is it, you. You are doomed to forever get emails about Rutgers promotional things. I, I am scared to say because I feel like someone, one of our fans, is going to track me down and sign me up for like dozens of email subscriptions. But yeah. I am the fucking terminator of of spam emails. <laughs> I I have a clean inbox at all times. I am the most efficient man about e- emails in the world. Yeah, I I try to uh, I try to keep them under wraps, but Rutgers keeps slipping in under my blocks. I don't know how they do it. Um, yeah, I don't think Chip gets fired. I think he's going to go ten and two. I, <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I, I guess the question is like, if you think if he goes, will they fire him at eight and four? And I think the answer is no. Will they fire him at seven and five? Yes, definitely. Yeah. I, so I, it don't, would be, don't fuck up. What would be very funny is if they do the nine and two thing where they beat USC to get to nine and two, um, and then they lose to Cal on the road and they fire him for going nine and three. <laughs> that be, yeah, that, that is funny good. to think about because that that involves them. Yeah, yeah, that would be great. Oh man. Um. <laughs> All right. How about how about another loser in the state of California? Here's Justin Wilcox. Yeah. 
Um, so Justin Wilcox sitting at 26 and 28 at Cal entering his sixth season. Weird tenure. This has been one where they have never had an offense, but they had a couple defenses that were good enough to get them to uh, like eight wins in 2019, seven in 26 or 2018. Uh, but they went five and seven last year. Not a whole lot of energy here. I I don't really think that Cal, like it's the same thing as it is with Colorado, where I don't think Cal has any appetite to fire a coach right now. I don't think they have any interest in doing that. And then on top of that, you have the very strange thing of it seemed like Justin Wilcox super wasn't happy with Cal the last two years because of the COVID restrictions, but the, or, the Oregon job came open this offseason. He graduated from Oregon. He was like the first person that they called, and he said no. I I don't understand what – like. I still don't really know why that happened. It's very strange that he did that. That seems like a much better situation for him. I don't know why you do that. Did, did, did we have word he actually said no? Is, is, was that like fully reported or was he just like a candidate who didn't get it? I, Yeah, it says there, there are several things from, from Justin Wilcox on why he turned down the Oregon job. Um, was that him saying that? <laughs> <laughs> It'd be funny if he was just doing like the kid who got a fake offer thing like, to the be, media. That would be cool. Uh, like someone got reported to. No, I believe you. It's just it's just crazy. It's hard to imagine they actually offered him that job after the last two seasons. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't know what he's thinking. I think he's an idiot. Um. Yeah. Yeah. He, he also has a fairly easy schedule, though. Does he? Yeah. Okay. So here they get they get you you see Davis at home, UNLV at home. At Notre Dame, home against Arizona, at Wazoo. That's three and two, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They get a bye week at Colorado, home against Washington, home against Oregon, at USC. That puts them at four and five. Yep. Uh, at Oregon State, home against Stanford, home against UCLA. Um, they can win one of those games, go five and seven. Six. They could probably win two of those games. They could beat Oregon State and Stanford, I think. Mm-hmm. Um they can go. They can make a bowl game this year. Yeah. I don't know if that anyone cares. No, and he won't get fired for that. It would have to be a catastrophe for him to get fired. He would have to go four and eight to get fired. Yeah, and even then, that might be pushing it. I, I think he's bought himself some goodwill by having a good season or two and not being like a huge asshole about it. It seems like that's like the main thing that Cal wants is just for their coaches to not be huge assholes. Um, which, you know, I guess. Uh, I also have real quick here. There's an ESPN story from either January or February it says sources close to Wilcox said the Oregon job initially came with some conditions related to the recruiting philosophy and possibly assistance to retain or hire. Those spooked the coach. One person said, even when Oregon relaxed on some of those items, Wilcox didn't feel he could run the program like he wanted. He turned down Oregon's offer to become coach sources say, um, and then there's a quote that says it seemed like they wanted him to work in the gray area and that's not really him. So I guess the, the issue is that Oregon wanted Justin Wilcox to recruit like an adult and he didn't want to do that. Um, yeah, sort of the. Well, he's better off playing in the minor leagues. Be a baby at Cal. Yeah. The rest of us are going to like college football. Yeah, be a loser. Yeah. I don't give a shit. Grow up. Um, so I, you I, used to have Marshawn Lynch. You fucking bum. Yeah, I guess that explains it. But uh, no, I don't think he's going to get fired. I think it would take a lot. Just very strange. Strange that he didn't take the Oregon job. Feels like kind of an all-time bag fuck up. Where, yeah, great, you can get fired by Cal in three years, or you could go to Oregon and compromise your morals slightly. Um, seems like a very easy choice to Whose make. Whose morals are compromised by college football recruiting? Yeah, what especially yeah, like you already, you already. I have really nev- I've never really had an opinion on Justin Wilcox, despite watching. You know, the, I'm the top point oh one percent of college football watchers alive. Probably, yeah. 
I fucking hate this guy now. Yeah, it's very annoying. Like just as I as I think about it, like your your morals are that you don't want to, in the NIL era, recruit with the big boys at Oregon. You are. He's like, pissing me the fuck off. What are you off? doing? Yeah. Man? It's not even. You don't even have to do anything under the fucking table anymore. <laughs> Phil Knight's gonna do it for you. In fuck? fact, you barely have to what recruit. The fuck, you don't have to do anything. You just have to open the fucking door at the facility and say, "Here's the Nike wall. Go have fun." Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ! You're gonna get a top five idiot. quarterback just by virtue of it. Yeah, you're a fucking Holy dumb. Shit, dumb. What a loser! Jesus Christ! No, that that I, it, it didn't register with me as I'm reading that. What a fucking loser! Good God! That, that pissed me the. He's pissed me the fuck off. <laughs> what an annoying football coach. <laughs> <laughs> they wanted him to operate in the gray area. Yeah, dude, shut up. <laughs> that seems fine. It's fucking Oregon. Of course they did. They're trying Speaking to of win annoying football coaches, by the way, Jesus. how about David Shaw? One of the most annoying, one of the original, like, early Reddit coaches. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's sort of the... Uh, yeah, one of the one of the models for it for sure. You know, early early 2010 Stanford, very very Reddit football program. Um, yeah, and then, still is because those Reddit guys haven't watched college football since the early 2010s. Yeah, the last team that they watched was the 2015 team, which was one of the most Reddit college football teams of all time. Um, the the Christian McCaffrey team, unbelievably Reddit stuff there. Um, yeah, David Shaw, I. We're going to be biased on this one because we don't like this guy. We think he's shitty, but like he should get fired. He, <laughs> I don't think that he's going to do anything this season that wouldn't merit being fired. His team is bad and they don't recruit well. I, there's nothing I know he, I'm a hater because I love Tom Herman and hate David Shaw. Yeah. But, <laughs> I mean, he hasn't done shit in three no, years. He hasn't done shit in like a really long – listen, going back to 2017, 9 and 5, 9 and 4, 4 and 8, 4 and 2, 3 and 9. That's bad. They went tw- they yeah. went twelve and two in twenty fifteen. That was eight years ago now, or eight seasons ago. Yeah, he's been eleven and nineteen in the past three years. Like that sucks. <laughs> it's not yeah. good. This should not be. They shouldn't be doing this. It's bad. It just they don't have any of the things that made them good. And like the thing that they're touting this year is Tanner fucking McKee. He sucks. It sucks. I'm they not don't falling have, for it. I'm they don't have anything good it. going on here. So they, they get they get Colgate to open the season. Um, I think they'll win that one. I think they could beat Oregon State at home. I think they could beat Arizona State at home. Maybe Washington State at home. That's it. They're not winning any of these other games. The the four and eight is the fucking peak for this team. And Cal on that, the road. Cal on the road. I guess, man. But the, even that that's five and seven at the peak, and they're if, not yeah. going to win all five of those games. Yeah, which would be three of the last four losing seasons. The recruiting's fallen off a cliff. He used to be able to recruit. Like, say what you want about about David Shaw. Yeah. There was a period of time where he was putting together some good recruiting classes. Like, yeah, he beat Ohio State and Alabama for guys. That happened for a while. Yeah, and did, did I don't know, man. Do kids in America just not care about a Stanford education anymore? Did they say, hey, why do I want to go to that school with all the pedophiles who want to drink my blood? Did they say like, oh no, it turns out all the guys in Silicon Valley are incredibly annoying? Uh, what has happened? What, why Why did this stop working? It's the same coaching staff at yeah. the same program, and the recruiting fell before the, the games did. What happened? Yeah, I, I really – I don't know. I think it's just that I, – I, I think it's just that they, they're not very good at what they do anymore. They tried to – this is probably the crux of it is they tried to change too much about what they were doing. They tried to compromise, um, and you can't do that. That's, that's, yeah. that's the number one it, lesson that we want you to learn from flipping the field is to never compromise on anything ever. Just do, yes. do the most of what you were doing and never change. Also, I'm really just doing this now for the first time somehow, but like there really was a, a, a mid to early 2010s peak of like 
all of the academic programs at the same time. Yeah. Like that was the peak of like James Franklin at, at Vanderbilt and Pat Fitzgerald at Northwestern and David Shaw and the late Jim Harbaugh era at Stanford. Yeah. Why were those programs all good at the same time? And now are they all now terrible? What's happened? I don't know. Very strange. Well, all that is, of, is this weird? Is this just totally unrelated? Am I, is there some kind of... I mean, Duke was even good. In the early 2010s, Duke was good. Yeah, what the fuck is going on here? That's weird. We're, we'll, How was Rice football at the time? How was Rice doing? Um, It was okay. David Bailiff had it kind of going a little bit. It was fine. Better than it is now. Yeah, better than it is now. Um, Calmer than you. Yeah, I... Uh, I don't know. That's weird. <laughs> we'll have to look into mm. that at some point. I don't know what was going on with that. All right. A dark day for college football truly was like the early 2010s where you have a bunch of the nerd schools are doing well. You don't yeah. Want to see anyway, it. David Shaw, I think they just won't fire because they have no interest in doing so. Yeah. But pretty bad. Yeah, pretty bad. Uh, they should do that. They're not going to. They should. Uh, last... You know who they need to hire? Uh, a fellow Mensa member, Tom Herman. Tom Herman, yeah. I think that he, you know. California Roots, yeah, Mensa member. He's the man for Stanford the job. education. He could sell it. Yeah. I wonder who actually is going to get that job. It's going to be like the most annoying pick in the world. Just some stupid Brady shit. Hoke. <laughs> Just does something that doesn't make any sense at all. It's Jeff Tedford. Okay. <laughs> all right. Yeah, sure. Um, all right. Last one here in the, uh, the Mark Helfert zone. In the original uh, conference of the Mark Helfert zone is Jed Fish. Um, I'm. <laughs> it's Mark Helfer. He's getting fired again. Yeah, he's been fired again. He's been executed. Um, Ryan, I don't know how much you have seen of this, but there are a lot of national college football writers who are writing about or podcasting about how Jed Fish has maybe something going at Arizona. Um, and I just how how fucking dumb are all of these people? I mean, I know we talk about this all the time. How fucking stupid do you have to be? to look at what Jed Fish is doing, to look at anything that has ever happened in Jed Fish's entire fucking worthless life and think, yeah, this guy's going <laughs> to win. If, he's going he's gonna to build a winning football program. What the fuck is wrong with these people? How much of that? Like, you can tell them anything. <laughs> you can say, hey, this nickel's worth $50. And they'll say, yeah, this nickel I heard is actually going to be worth $50 really soon. Just, if it like invites you out to whatever its college campus is and gives you like a you know a free place to stay for the weekend and a nice meal and yeah. uh, gives you some good quotes, they'll write about you. That's all you gotta do. Yeah, if you if you hit the quota of guys who twenty four seven sports scouts think is good, then every outlet in America will go to your school and write about how you maybe have something cooking in Tucson. Fucking idiots. Stupid. No, it's not going to work. <laughs> this guy sucks at coaching. His whole staff sucks at coaching. There's no fucking money at his school. It sucks. Turn me up. Let's go. They Turn me suck. Up. Keep going, Patrick. They're Keep going. horrible. What is wrong with these people? I, <laughs> I don't understand how this keeps about happening. His it's just his shoes. Whack. <laughs> <laughs> he fucking sucks, dude. He is, he is probably, to me, the single most overrated coach. Which is, I mean... It's insane that he's rated. This guy fucking yeah. sucks. He shouldn't be in coaching. He's a terrible coach. You hired Zach goddamn Smith as your head coach. It's ridiculous. I I think they might also actually go 0-12 this year. God, I hope so. It's going to be so funny schedule. next year when they try Their to do fucking PR. Their non-con games are at San Diego State, home against Mississippi State. By the way, my Mississippi State, Mississippi State playing multiple Pac-12 teams. Thank you, Mike Leach. Yeah. Uh, and home <laughs> against North Dakota State. They're going to lose North Dakota State. They're going to lose all three of those games, like, by a lot. I don't think they're going to even be within a touchdown of any of those games. Those are good teams, and this is a bad one. Their best-case scenario to win a game is either North Dakota State at home or Colorado at home. 
or Arizona State to end the season. Yeah. Yeah. You got to win one of those three, which I think they'll be dogs in all of them. No, they're not going to win any games because they're bad at football. They are they're a bad football team. They don't have any good players. It's just fucking it's ridiculous it is ridiculous that people are still doing this for jed fucking fish this guy's a horrible what does he have to do to come back does he have to win three games to come back i think he's gonna come back anyway i think he's gonna go 0 and 12 and they're gonna bring him back because his recruiting is good because just this is a useless program they should shutter arizona's football program it is not serious they do not take this seriously there's no reason for arizona to be playing football in 2022 just stop playing let somebody else join the pac-12 and stop playing they're just yeah. taking up fucking space. It is, it is worthless. There's no point to Arizona football. They are never going to be good. They do not invest and in really football. And really quick, by the way, they're not even actually recruiting well. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> there are only three teams in the Pac-12 right now with oh, a worse man. average player ranking in their commitment class. That's awesome. You've got to respect that. <laughs> yeah, they had, they had like 40 guys transfer out of the program. Um, but their big guy who they got is Jaden Delora. He's going to save the program. It's Jaden Delora time at Arizona. Just dumb. Just dumb. Dumb all the way around. Dumb from all people involved in it. Do not fucking fall for this shit. It is so obviously not going to work. This guy sucks. He has never been good. He is one of the most worthless football coaches in in, in America. It's It's ridiculous that he has a job at all let alone a power five head coaching job it, it's just it's uh it's shameful <laughs> it's yeah like, he I, really sucks I, i'm not trying to just i, I don't want to just rail on the guy for no reason i i really want to imprint here it is shameful that this guy has a head coaching job and there are so many assistants who don't there are like, really there are about 200 coordinators I could name off the top of my fucking head who deserve a head coaching job more than this guy he is a loser this is a nobody <laughs> He should be working at the fucking gas station. It's ridiculous. Can I uh, can I jump in with a quick fun fact that I got for you for this section ahead of time? Yeah, that sure. I don't think you know about. Yeah. Do you know who the uh, Los Angeles drive time radio station DJ was from 1978 to 2012? No. It's a man named Jed the Fish. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Who was born Edwin Jed Fish Gold III. Oh his God. middle name is a hybrid of his mom's name, Joanne, and his dad's name, Ed. They decided to combine it to make his name Jed. Uh, he is now going to be... He's been there for for a long time. I guess he's uh-huh. still doing something. He doesn't get the drive time job anymore. Yeah, He's credited as being the first person to ever play Katy Perry's I Kissed a Girl on the radio. Oh, my God. He has okay. This guy has done more for American culture than Jed Fish has. Just through that, that alone. I think he rocks. God damn! I can't wait for Jed Fish to kiss a girl for the first time. He's gonna love it. He's gonna be so excited about it. Yeah. God, fuck this. Um, I'm sick of this fucking guy. Get him out of my face. I'm done with him. All right. Do we have any more Pac-12 coaches to go? Through? No. All done? of them should be fired except for Chip Kelly, who is my my beautiful boy. The rest of them are horrible sinners, and I hope bad things happen to them. Get them out of my face. I'm done with these. <laughs> All right. We still have, we still somehow have two more conferences to get through. Yeah. There's not a ton left in these in these conferences. We're, we're down to the dregs. Um, SEC dead man walking is Brian Harson. I don't think we need to talk about this one for very long. Um, <laughs> Everyone knows the deal. He's clearly yeah. getting fired. Yeah. They kept him around because the schedule is hard, and they didn't want to have to break in a new coach with a bad schedule. That's it. That's the entire reason that he's here is so that they could fire him after like week five. Uh, 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he sucks. I don't know what, gonna, what else to say. He's going to lose all but one or two of his games. Yeah, and he's not going to be. Maybe around. he'll go three and nine. He, he might go three and nine. He's not going to be around all season. It's just no. He's he's uh, he's done. Dead man walking. Um, other one here in the Mark Helfrich zone is Clark Lee, who's at Vanderbilt. Um, I don't think Clark Lee is anywhere near getting fired. I think that he's got three or four years of, of being untouchable where they before they even think about doing anything. Um, this was such a, a significant breakdown that they were doing that I, I think that I think they're gonna give him plenty of time. I don't think that Vanderbilt's in any rush, um, and that they're they're gonna especially with a you know a native son like this, I think they're gonna give him as long as he wants. Yeah. It will be cool when we get to hire Barton Simmons as our intern a couple of years whenever he goes off the uh yeah. Vanderbilt He's, beat. <laughs> telling Bart Barton Simmons to bring us a big Buford. <laughs> the designated... I actually like Barton Simmons. I don't even know why yeah. I'm talking. I think he's pretty good. Yeah, as well. you and I are, are we're, we're Gucci and uh, and Rick Ross, and we're we're telling him to go get us some big Buford. <laughs> yeah, we're well, buy- we're down there to get us some big Buford. <laughs> we're buy we're buying up the uh, the car wash. I don't know what the college football car wash is, but that's what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. Actually, also, I'm looking at their schedule for the first time. They might win three games. They could win four games. Well, hey, you you know what? That's they're going to build him a fucking statue if he wins four games. Uh, all right. Clark Lee's safe. Brian Harson's fired. Yeah. Let's get the Jake Spavit all. You just want to take the reels on this one? Yeah. Um, the, the issue basically with Jake Spavit all is that he is a an offensive-minded coach who is sort of known as a quarterback developer, and they haven't had an offense or quarterback at Texas State in the three years that he's been there. Um that's not good, right? Uh, no, it's not good. And I don't know that it's going to change this year. They they did go get Lane Hatcher from Arkansas State, who I like. Um, I think legitimately this is going to be his best team in town. I just I think he probably also needs to go to a bowl game to keep his job. Um, they get at Nevada to open the season. They could win that game. Nevada's going to be really bad. Uh, they get FIU at home. Then they go to Baylor. And then Houston Baptist at home. Le- legitimate shot at starting 3-1. and one. Then they go to James Madison. Uh, App State at home, at Troy, Southern Miss at home, at ULM, at South Alabama, Arkansas State at home, Louisiana. Honestly, I think they could get to six. I don't think it's impossible for them to get to six. If they get to six, he's not going to get fired. If they're below that, uh, I think there's probably an appetite at, at Texas State to go hire a high school coach from in, in the state because that's so in vogue right now. Um, and so I would I would guess that that might be in the cards if they win like four or five games. Five is pushing it. If it's four, I think he probably gets fired, and they go hire somebody off of like, you know, Georgia. Should go hire Texas Tech's head coach. Yeah, he's probably not doing anything else. But they they probably get somebody off of the McGuire staff or the Aranda staff or the um you know the UTSA staff. I, that would be that would be my guess. I, I think that he could save his job. I think that there's a decent chance that this is a bowl team. But if he doesn't, then it's going to just be some guy who's been you know head coach in the uh, in the Texas area. And a quick, uh, quick Ryan's movie corner check in here, by the way, uh, for those of you guys who may be fans of the Richard Linklater filmography, and I think I already did this just a few weeks ago when we did the Sunbelt preview, but uh, San Marcos, Texas, the home of Texas State, uh, is also the home of several scenes in the Linklater film Boyhood. You may remember from being an Oscar nominee, uh, starring Ethan Hawke, uh, Patricia Arquette, and other characters. Um, a great few scenes there. Um, with where the uh, titular character had his uh, not titular character, but the primary character had his uh, first beer. Hmm. Um, it's a great place to have his first beer. Some San cool Marcos. stuff going on in San Marcos, Texas. It's all here for San Marcos, Texas. <laughs> San Marcos, hype, get loud. Let's, let's hear it, boys. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't think he gets fired. 
but if he doesn't get to five or six wins, then he will. So I guess he does get fired. Uh, Mark Helfort's zone. We got two coaches. Sean Elliott is first up. He is thirty and thirty at Georgia State, entering his uh, sixth season. Formerly of South is he Carolina. The, well, sorry, I would cut you off really fast. But yeah. with some of the other coaches that have you know either gotten out of the profession in recent years or died, uh, is he behind Brian Kelly, the second reddest coach in college football? Um, he's got to be up there for sure. He's a, he's a bright man. He, he is to, <laughs> yeah. tomato shade. Uh, it's, uh, he's also the oldest looking 49 year old of all time. Yeah. It's, it's really actually kind of upsetting. It's, it's a little troubling for his health that he looks like that. I mean, I guess it makes sense because listen to the places that this man has been. He was born in Camden, South Carolina, played at app state, uh, coached at app state for, more than a decade, and then was at South Carolina for another seven years, and he has been at Georgia State since. That's a tough. I mean, for the old cholesterol, that's a tough road. Of, of he has never eaten an unsaturated fat. No, no, his man. He's he's waking up and he's he's taking his uh you know he's taking his vitamins and everything. He's just drinking it down with olive oil, just beefing <laughs> it up. That's far too Italian. He's probably drinking it down with like castor oil. Yeah, he's, he's got peanut oil. Point. You're right. He's got um, peanut oil. It's it's one of the most disturbing things that you could see a person do. <laughs> you know? Have you ever seen uh? I ever get was lean on me or stand by me? What's the one where the, like the guys go well, on the railroad track like, with a dead body? You know what movie I'm talking about? Uh, familiar. I'm I'm somewhat familiar. Yeah. Uh, well, you may remember the famous cutaway scene. They're telling campfire stories, and there was the the pie eating contest where the fat kid um, <clears throat> intentionally drank castor oil ahead of time, yeah. and then ate as many pies as he could as fast as possible, so he could puke over the entire audience, and make them all vomit themselves. Okay, that's kind of what Sean Elliott looks like. <laughs> that's what Sean Elliott is doing at Georgia State. <laughs> this boy won't stop eating pie. <laughs> Georgia State cannot stop Sean Elliott from eating pie. <laughs> <laughs> the, the state's rhubarb supply i'm sorry rhubarb supply is just yeah. going down by the fucking day they are, this is they are sean, a critical alert sean elliott looks like seed oil ryan day <laughs> <laughs> they don't look alike at all but that's just a very funny phrase for you to say <laughs> it's a really good one i'm looking at uh, the he eyes he looks like he looks like cherubic brett bielema <laughs> He's like, yeah, he looks like the, uh, the, the, the Cupid baby who's coming down with the arrows. Like that's, that's, this is the grown up version of the Cupid baby. He, he looks like ketamine Pat Fitzgerald. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Sean, Sean Elliott is taking the year off to focus on his blood pressure pills addiction. He can't stop taking blood pressure pills. <laughs> <laughs> He goes to practice <laughs> with the monitor around his arm. <laughs> he's got the whole like he's got like the wheel IV with him. <laughs> he has a rider on his contract uh, to have a nurse around him at all times. Yeah, yeah. They have to practice inside because when they practice outside, his IV bag will boil. It's <laughs> deeply upsetting. <laughs> <laughs> I love this segment too for the listeners. Many of our listeners who have never heard of Sean Elliott no. or know what he looks like, no idea what Sean Elliott looks like. Can't look this up at yeah. all. Just absolutely, they're just imagining the most grotesque. Man alive <laughs> right now. He looks like he looks like a clean-shaven Robert Baratheon from Game of Thrones. <laughs> oh my god! 
is so fucked up looking. It's insane how this guy looks. I was just looking at the one Wikipedia picture where he does look very bad, but I've Googled him now, and this is like, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm worried. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Hold on. This is, oh, yeah, he looks... God. He actually looks like he lifts some weights, too. Like, he might have, like, some GH cut going on. Yeah. He is very square-headed. This is filled Belichick. This is like <laughs> this man. He oh my god, he looks like the fucking dog from Tom and Jerry. Yeah, there, there were those videos going around this year too of him like getting in his players' faces in the huddles and jumping yeah. around. Have you seen all those going around lately? I've seen them. Yeah, I he's like a very animated pregame guy. I don't think he should do that. Just. From... He is clearly, clearly a drug abuser. Man, I don't, allegedly. <laughs> not, not actionable in my I group. like this. I really like this picture where deep down in the Google results, there's a picture of him getting a bunch of water poured on him. And he has like, his forehead is protu- protruding so far from the rest of his head in a way that's really <laughs> troubling. And I think it's just an artifact oh, of the picture. God. But it looks like, <laughs> it looks like the water was so cool compared to how hot his body was. <laughs> That a bunch of his skin just evaporated. <laughs> oh man, this that's, fucking rules, dude! I love this guy. That's a crazy looking picture. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. Anyway, uh, Sean Elliott, I think his team's gonna be really good this year, so I don't think he's gonna get fired. But if it's not, it's sort of a Jason Candle situation, um, and that's all I'm gonna say on the matter. Uh, next up in the Mark Helfrich zone, we have another absolutely crazy looking guy in uh, Butch Jones. He's gonna for, kick your ass. Yeah, he's gonna kick he's your gonna ass. He's gonna kick your ass, Butch Jones. Um, he went two and ten last year. He did not inherit a great situation, so I don't really think that he is necessarily at fault for that. I think we're probably looking at another mostly lost year here. I would not expect a whole lot out of this team. Um, this is one that I'm I'm gonna say let's kick down the road a year or two and then and then we can talk Butch Jones after. Oh man, he plays know. the Buckeyes this year. Oh, that's uh hmm. I don't think that's gonna go very well for, for Butch Jones given what I know about the secondary that they have there. That's not good. That's not that's, yeah, uh, as opposed to what it would be like if they had a good secondary, it would be a, a very competitive game. Yeah, well, I mean, I I watched what Ohio State did to a bunch of running backs in the secondary in the Rose Bowl, and it wasn't good. And so I think this is going to be a lot like that. Um, yeah, that's uh, yeah, not what you want. Uh, all right, so in total, we are firing. Who, who are we firing here? We're firing Brian Harson. Are we firing Jake Spavadol? Uh, I think you fired him, yeah. Okay, so we're firing Jake Spavadol, uh, Brian Harson, uh, the entire Pac-12 except for Chip Kelly, uh, Marcus Arroyo. And also Jed Fish. Jed Fish got saved, too. <laughs> sure. Um, and then we're so and Marcus Arroyo, Scott Leffler, Tim Albin. Uh, that's a that's a real murderer's row of, of football coaches. A lot of a lot of yep. real winners in there. All right. Um, it's we're getting into some dating advice. Yeah, yeah. That's the it's the segment that everybody could not get enough of. Everybody was saying we love the dating advice. Please do more of the dating advice. Um, and uh, we're gonna deliver. So this is uh, this is dating advice part two. We got two more situations. Ryan, do you wanna you wanna cue us up here? Let's start out with one about a young bag chaser. Okay. Um, Patrick, am I the asshole for not letting my friend's son, my friend's son's boy, beat my son in football to spare his feelings? A little backstory. My son is seven years old and has autism. Okay. He wears glasses and is so often overlooked as weak and incapable of doing anything. Yeah. Today, we had a small get together in my backyard. It was just one mom, two children, and my husband. My friend had been boasting about football tryouts and how good her son is. 
I have been nothing but supportive, explaining my son is trying his best for wide receiver. We even practice with him daily, and he's trying his very best and quite a natural at the ball. To be honest, I had no idea how good my son was until today. She told me her son, quote, would go easy on my son since he has disabilities. And I told her that I didn't think that'd be necessary. My son literally dominated her son, and she was furious with me. She abruptly left, and I really don't know why. Am I the asshole for letting my son show his true potential? She thought so little of him. And, and then when he excelled, she bailed my house and I did something wrong. Am I missing something? Uh, so wait, what were they, how are they playing football like one-on-one? <laughs> I like to imagine the dad is just throwing up like 21 balls. <laughs> and the, the little kid is just fucking mossing him over and over again. <laughs> this, this He's one, just dunking on his face. That's He's, awesome. It's just it's getting nasty. This kid's getting fucking yammed on. It's... <laughs> God, um, no. This one seems. Pretty... I'm reading the comments to see if she said anything else. This but... one seems pretty straightforward. Yeah, I don't know exactly what that would look like. I guess it would be funny if it was just like the dad is handing the ball off. They're taking turns with the dad handing the ball off to the kid, and then the other kid has to try and fucking tackle him. They're doing an Oklahoma drill at seven. Oh, man. <laughs> okay, wait, wait, wait. She she responded. Well, both are trying for wide receivers. So my husband was throwing the ball from the okay. catch right under the goal. There was no physical contact at all. My son was just able to catch and snatch more balls from her son. Yeah. Again, no physical contract. Yeah. This uh, this this, uh, yeah, this seems pretty straightforward. This seems fine. Um, but uh, I do I I think I prefer to imagine that they're doing a fucking Oklahoma drill and her son is just absolutely destroying this poor young man. Yeah. Just, yeah. Like the, someone the, did bring that up and she said she never heard of an Oklahoma drill. So first of all, not a tone setter. No, not a tone uh, setter. Come on, come and on, uh, come on, boy, strap that. Strap there that seems to back be on. some evidence here that her husband was. She basically said her son was always catching it in stride. The other kid had to turn and wait for the ball. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think we the, understand here, but this dad was intentionally leaving the ball short for the other kid uh-huh. uh, and throwing his son like a leading pass. Uh-huh. Like, okay, well, in that case, the dad is a tone setter. That. <laughs> <laughs> He's making the neighbor kid run over the middle. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm gonna have you run a slant here, and we're gonna put the big. Uh, we're gonna put the 16 year old who babysits you guys sometime. He's playing free safety, and we're just. He's not gonna do anything. <laughs> oh my god! All right, we need you on a Texas route right now. <laughs> just sending this fucking seven year old across the middle. Oh man, <laughs> that's uh, killing me. <laughs> he has the Hunter Renfro concussion syndrome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going Austin Collie mode on the neighbor's kid. <laughs> Unbelievable! Oh, oh my uh, god. Uh, um, am I the asshole okay. for allowing my son to wear a helmet while the other one didn't wear a helmet, and then they did an Oklahoma drill for fifty minutes consecutively? <laughs> My son was in full. My son I was think, in full pads, but the neighbor boy he didn't have any pads, and so we thought they'd just play anyway. Is this our fault, really? We we'll just buy some pads. It's easy. <laughs> I think on initial, uh, on initial read, I would say the parents were not the asshole. I think after reading the comments, I'm going to say yeah, they were definitely doing this on purpose and then look for validation online afterwards. It's a very funny move. <laughs> oh man. Oh. Um, Could you imagine okay. somebody doing that to you? <laughs> You take your kid over to play with them, and they're the other kid's dad is fucking leading your kid across the middle. <laughs> oh yeah, God, he's giving oh, your he's, so he's giving funny. your kid exclusively hospital balls. <laughs> 
I do remember vividly, like that's awesome. Uh, break like we we played football all the time as little kids, and I broke my thumb in a dog pile once when I was six. Yeah. Uh, and just back out there the next week playing with the cast on. Like, what else are you gonna do? You gotta no. get back out there and play. Yeah. If you you can't you, you can't fall behind. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Okay. We that's have one awesome. more dating advice or not dating yeah, I, advice. I, I don't Is know who the advice? yeah dating sure dating advice seems like not dating <laughs> advice anymore but uh, more football advice here but um I don't yeah. know who the asshole is there but that kicks ass that's very funny that that happened yeah right? very funny very funny <laughs> um okay I thirty eight male don't want to do football Sundays at my friends thirties male female couple because of the kids. Okay, this is not nearly as major of an issue as many others on here, but I'm just having trouble figuring out how to handle the situation without being an asshole. For years now, my friends and I all get together football Sunday at my best friend's place. We drink, eat food, watch football. It's good times. A few years ago, he got married, and they now have two really great boys that I also adore. They are now five and two years old. Some of my other friends are now married and have kids also, which they bring over as well. Mm-hmm. I'm also married, but my wife and I don't have any kids. The problem is that the games at their place just aren't fun anymore. The games get paused and delayed for upwards of an hour because of game day prep lacking behind. The kids are all loud, interrupting during the game. Everyone is just talking parent talk all throughout, and no one's really drinking anymore. So for me, I'm unable to just enjoy watching the game. I pretty much don't drink either because it's just not that vibe. And I spend most of the time wishing I'd watch the game at home or a bar because then I would have actually been able to follow what was happening. I'd like to transition to watching at some other venue, whether alone or not. But I know my friends will notice and think I'm upset with them or there's some sort of problem, which means they will ask me about it. I don't have to say. I don't want to be like, oh, your kids are distracting during the game because I know they'll be offended by that. Does anyone have advice on how I can handle this? I'm not sure I'm the first guy to have to navigate the situation. Um, look, uh, it's insane to pause the game because kids are being loud. It's yeah. a football game. You don't have to hear the announcers. Yeah. In fact, it's actually usually pretty bad when you can. It's, <laughs> I, I, I really prefer not to hear the announcers. They're not good. Yeah. It, it's – look, first of all, children are not that important. You cannot let them interrupt a football game. Yeah. You have to set the tone on this early. <laughs> you need to be setting these kids down and telling them what they're doing is wrong, uh-huh. first of all. They need to understand that. Well, like, I, I think you, like – in a in a more literal sense, like why aren't they doing something else? Why the fuck are the kids standing there watching the game? That's you've done it wrong. Well, hang on. I, well, I was doing that when I was five years old. You weren't watching the game by the time you were five. No, what you do is you set them up on a different TV so that if there's some of them that want to fuck around or not watch the game, they can do that. But you don't want them anywhere near the actual TV. That's a disaster. If there are yeah. if there are some who want to watch the game, give them another TV they can watch it there or maybe if they are if they're truly serious, they can go watch it with the adults. But uh, there there needs to be a second there there's got to be a kids TV here because this is a this is untenable. This ain't this isn't going to I think work. I think we've reached a problem though. This guy this guy is right. He should be able to watch the game and have fun watching it and watch it with his friends and yeah. drink while he's doing it. Yeah. That is the way the world should work. But he's reached a situation where any response he has, he looks like an asshole. Yeah, I mean, I guess he could offer to host, and then he could set up the two TV setup. Seems and say say your kids can't come too. By the way, no, also. he could he can invite the kids. Just give them the two TV setup. It seems easy enough. You're not hurting anybody's feelings. You're just say, hey, I've got this extra TV. We could set them up on there, and then they could you know play around and all that stuff. We can. Who's have... watching the kids though? Who cares? You just leave the two year old to run a mock. Two year old's a little bit too young for that. They're kids. Who cares? They're in the house. It's fine. They'll be fine. <laughs> 
I mean, probably, yeah, but you just know these damn millennial parents aren't acting that way. Maybe there's one designated parent per week who has to sit there and fucking watch the kids. I mean, that that yeah. is the thing is that they don't need to do that. They could just let the kids hang out. They'll be fine. They're two. They're not going to do anything anyway. But um, yeah, I think that's the I think that's the way to handle this. Or maybe just lie. That's the thing with a lot of these is that people are in these situations because they don't know how to lie. Just lie. Yeah. Just say, just oh, lie. sorry, I have to do something. I have some, I've become, yeah, I'm busy. I'm I was busy. recently born, a grand, born again as a Christian, and so my Sundays are no longer open, right? Like, just fucking lie. You don't have to... You lie. You don't have to prove yeah. it. They're not going to ask you about that. They don't want to know. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was, oh, wow, this guy just got baptized as a 38-year-old. Like, yeah, I don't want to know about that. I'm good. And then they'll leave yep. you alone. And then your Sundays are yours. It's easy. Just fucking lie. It doesn't hurt anybody. You could just do that. You could definitely just lie. Also, in general... I don't know. Like, I would consider just going to a different game watch. Like, you're, you're going to have to be the asshole. There's just no scenario. I, I don't think the kids think it's going to work. I don't think the second TV setup will leave. Like, the kids will just run away from it. I think you're just screwed here. Uh, even acknowledging the kids are annoying is probably a loss, right? People are yeah. mad at you for that. Yeah, they don't. Uh, like if everyone that. else has kids and you're the one without kids, you're you're fucked. <laughs> yeah, like, that's... you just got You just got to hang out with new people, dude, and just take the loss. Or like, you have to have a kid so that then two years later you could be like, damn, these kids sure are annoying, aren't they? Our kids <clears throat> that we all have collectively. <laughs> I do want to tell a story really quick related to this about my buddy Blake, uh, who has a daughter who is now three. Yeah, uh, should know that. Uh, but Patrick's Googling her age really quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, no, but uh, we were all uh, drinking one day uh, shortly after she was born, and it was like right when the Ohio State uh, Alabama games for like 2032 got announced. Okay. And he texted his wife to ask if it was okay if he missed his daughter's ninth birthday or something, uh, <laughs> or whatever it is, uh, 11th birthday, because they were going to go down to Tuscaloosa with the boys. Yeah. And uh, that's the stone you got to establish. You got to be planning these things out for years in advance. Like you have to make clear the relationship between family and football. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's that's, a football is number one. Yeah. That's the big issue that all of these people have is that they're not tone setters. They're fucking babies who aren't willing to just be mean to their friends. It's so easy. If you, if you have, it's so easy to do. Like, if you have established your friendships the right way, they will not take this as anything other than like, oh, yeah, he just wants to watch the game. Like, your friendships are fucked up if this is like a problem that you're having. Yeah. Just like, I yeah, agree. hey, I want to watch the football game. So I'm going to stay at home this week. <laughs> people are, are walking on eggshells in their friendships. It's very bizarre. What a weird They're way to cats. Just miserable, miserable setup. You need to find new friends who are, um, I guess, babies like you are. It, although maybe that's the issue already is that they have a bunch of friends who are babies. Stop being a baby. That's that's yeah, our advice for, for all of the dating advice is stop being a baby. It's so easy. Just don't be a baby. Yeah. A lot of people are babies. We have yeah. we have an adult baby problem. Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> and I'm not talking about Patrick's history in New Albany. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that would entail, but... <laughs> um, uh, how far into this podcast are we? Uh, we've done an hour and a half. Okay, so are we thinking we record this uh, next Q&A and release this second episode? Yeah. Yeah, we could do that. Cool. All right, um, that'll do it for this episode of. Uh... Why? Why even outro? <laughs> hey, let me just—it's through the field. Follow him at Patrick underscore Mayhorn. I'm B1G underscore Ryan. Uh, give us a fucking five star review. What are you doing? Yeah, quit dilly dallying. Stop being that a, done. Stop being an adult baby and give us a five star review. You have to be a grown ass baby to not be leaving us a five star review. 
if you write the phrase ketamine Sean Elliott, it's spelled S-H-A-W-N, yeah. uh, in the comments of a five-star review, uh, we will answer any football-related conflict or just personal life conflict you've had yeah. uh, at some point during the season. Yeah, um, we will do it in the least sensitive way possible. We will not make anybody feel good about it. Um, yeah. Yeah, shows at field flipping, um, as we just alluded to, we're about to record the Q&A. That will be coming up. Uh, later this week as a bonus episode um, yeah, probably tomorrow yeah probably tomorrow as you listen to this on wednesday um so we will uh <laughs> we guess we'll see you guys then when your your cup runneth over um ryan i will talk to you in uh two seconds <laughs>